0: Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia.
1: Two weeks ago, uh, two Sundays ago, I spoke on the subject of your season, your season of a turnaround. How many of you remember that? Your season of a turnaround. And uh, today I want to do the part two of your season of a turnaround and I trust God that we will be able to get what the Lord wants us to get. Um, I remember saying that I was piggybacking on uh, uh, what Pastor Bob had taught, that this place is too small for us. You know, referring to the prophets who, uh, the sons of the prophets who told Elisha that the place that they were was too small for them and that they needed to go and enlarge, cut some beams and enlarge their spot. And I indicated that um, if this place, of course, was going to be too small for you, then it is your seizing of a turnaround. Because in your season of a turnaround, there is expansion, there is growth. And whatever God intends to do with you is going to expand and is going to grow you because the place that your covenant is, is too small for you. So the turnaround is what I had, and I want to do the part two, of the season of a turnaround. So, what I did was to check again what the season of a turnaround for an organization or a family or a relationship will look like. And this is what I found. This is what I found. It says a season of turnaround in a company or in a family or in relationship is a period of significant change and improvement is a period of significant change and improvement. It could also, uh, it could involve implementing new strategies, making difficult decisions, and taking steps to correct previous mistakes. This season often requires a lot of effort, dedication, and perseverance from all parties involved, but can lead to long-term growth and success. It may also involve a shift in mindset or perspective and a willingness to make necessary changes for the greater good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you get it? So that is what it means for a season of a turnaround. In that season is a period of significant change new strategies would have to be implemented, decisions would have to be made, previous mistakes would have to be corrected. It requires a lot of dedication, a lot of perseverance, but in the end, there is growth and there is success. But it also requires a shift in mindset, that minds must change and there must be a willingness to make the necessary change for a greater good. So if we are talking about a seizing Of a turnaround, it doesn't just happen, but when it does happen, it requires involvement that those who experience the seizing of a turnaround, either in the company, either in the church, or in relationships, in the family, or even in the individual lives, it requires that some mindset change, some corrections must be made, some perseverance, some effort, some dedication, we have to put our shoulders to the plow and make that turnaround a reality. So the turnaround doesn't just take place because it took place, because it was sudden, because it was a miracle, but once the turnaround takes place, there has to be a people whose mind are set to to get involved in making sure that that turnaround becomes a permanent period and a feature within that family, within that church, within that environment. And that is what the season of your turnaround is all about as the Lord placed on my heart to let you know that in your family there's going to be a turnaround but you got to get involved. In the church there's going to be a turnaround but you got to get involved. In the company there's going to be a turnaround but you got to get involved. There is going to be a certain mindset change. The mind must be renewed to embrace the new that has come because when the old is gone, you can't put old wine I mean, new wine in old wineskin. Or is it new wine in old wine skin? If you want to experience a turnaround, then you must be willing to put in the effort. Because God has said it and God will do it. But he would need individuals who are going to say, yes, we see the turnaround. And yes, we are ready to put our shoulders to the plow. And yes, we are going to get engaged and make sure that things happen and things are permanent and that God's name is glorified. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Somebody shout a big amen to that. Amen. You remember when I shared with you about, uh, about uh, Elisha, when he declared to the, uh, to the children of Israel at the time of the famine, when he spoke about that season of a turnaround, when he said that tomorrow about this time, that is after, you know, they've been through a lot of recession and, you know, a donkey's head was sold for, you know, $300, and then, you know, uh, 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 the the waste of of a dove was sold for for about $20. Elisha said that tomorrow about this time, the mass is going to change. Tomorrow about this time, inflation is going to leave the triple digits and the double digits to single digits. He said tomorrow about this time is going to happen. And then exactly tomorrow or the day after, it did happen. When in fact, you know, uh, uh, barley and then and 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 then flour, right? And is it barley and uh, what? Barley and then the flour. Barley and flour was sold in single digits. The economy changed overnight, and barley was sold. I think for about uh, one and a half, um, a dollar or so. If you do the conversion, it was about a dollar and thirty. Cents, And then, you know, the, the flower was about, I think, $3.25 or $0.35. So in total, it was almost about $5. From 320 and all of that came to about $5. How did it happen? It happened because the man of God declared, he prophesied. And when he prophesied, something took place, an action took place. You know, the action that took place simply has to do with the lepers who, you know, decided to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they got there, the Syrians thought that, look, the army of Israel were coming after us. The Lord had doubled their steps. And so they ran out and left every resource that they had. And then the children of Israel went and then plundered them. They took their booties, everything out. And then in that same day, within that same day, something had happened. Those who wanted to enter into business had entered into business. They were selling, they collected, and they sold as much as they could. And the prophetic word had come to pass. But when the prophecy came to pass, they had to move out of Samaria and get into the camp of the enemy. They could have heard the prophecy and sat where they are and said, tomorrow about this time, God is going to make a turnaround. And the prophet has prophesied. But it's one thing prophesying, one thing hearing about a prophecy, and it's another thing taking steps. To move into the area where the prophecy has been established. If you don't step out after the prophetic word has come. Because there is the God part, that's the declaration. And there is the human part. There is always the God part. There is always the divine part where the prophecy will come. But it's also the human part. When the turnaround came tomorrow about this time. And then it was declared and the message came That the the enemies have fled Let's go get them Beloved, they ran out of where they were Everyone said It is time to enjoy the fulfillment of the prophecy I'm not going to stay where I am I'm going to go into it I'm here to announce to somebody It's time for you to launch out into the deep Because God has spoken And God has declared And it's going to come to pass You remember, Bob Pastor Bob that on the day of Pentecost, there was a suddenly. There was a suddenly. The Holy Spirit just came suddenly upon the people. And Bible says they began to speak in tongues. 120. They were hiding, minding their business. And Jesus had indicated that there was going to come a time when the Holy Spirit would come. The Holy Spirit came and there was a suddenly. On 120. But when they suddenly took place, guess what happened? When they noise, they prophesied, I mean they they spoke in tongues, people heard them. And when the people heard them, somebody stood and spoke. Peter stood and spoke. There suddenly has taken place, but somebody has to declare something. And when Peter spoke, guess what happened? 3,000 people were added to the church. So there was a suddenly, but somebody had to stand up and declare. And when he declared, there was an increase in the church. 3,000 souls were born again as a result of the suddenly. They just didn't stay in the room Oh, suddenly the Holy Spirit, and they just looking look up look, and you are speaking in tongues. No, suddenly. Now let's declare the word of the Lord. Souls must be saved. Peter declares that 3,000 souls are born again on one day it changed the trajectory of the church. Right after that, they have to bring in deacons. They have to bring in elders so they can manage the growth that are taking place. Even though there was a suddenly and there was a plenty, there was an increase, there had to be rearrangement and reorganization. Church, there is a suddenly that has come upon us and a turnaround, but there's going to be the need for us to jump in And support what God is about to do. Somebody say hallelujah. Or somebody shout hallelujah. If God is going to turn your situation in your home, in your family around. If God is going to turn the situation in the church around. If God is going to turn the situation in the neighborhoods around. He needs people who will believe in what he has declared. And step out and make it a reality. When God speaks, he looks for his people to step up and make it happen. If we are saying that this place is too small for us, and we are going to expand, it's our season of suddenly, that we get to have the men and the women of God who believe in what God has declared and step out. And when you step out, you are going to collect what belongs to you. You are going to gather what belongs to you. And we are in a season of gathering. But until you acknowledge what God has declared and stepped out. It ain't going to happen. That is why I love the scripture that I shared with you. And I'm going somewhere with this. I love the scripture that I shared with you in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3 and verse 20. Could you put it on the screen for me? I, I love this scripture. There is a the God factor where the prophetic word will come, but there's also the human factor. Somebody say the God factor. No, say come, the God factor and the human factor. Turn to another person. Turn to somebody by you. Tell him or her. The God factor and the human factor. God will always bring a prophetic word, but he needs people who will carry it out. He needs people who believe in what he has said. And I love this scripture. Let me go straight into the word. Are you with me so far? Somebody say, I'm with you. Someone say, I'm with you. Okay, now look at what it says. Look at God. Look at God. Oh, hallelujah. When, when I read this scripture and I, I read and meditate on it, it just blows my mind. Blows my 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 mind is together though though it blows it, but it's still together. Amen. Look at what it says. Look at what it says. It says, now to him, God, who is what? who Who is what? Able to do what? Exceedingly abundantly above. All I'm here to announce to you that God is able. God is able to do. I want to pause here. God is able to do. I pause here again. Sila. God is able to do. I want the devil and the demons and everybody, you know, in the cohort of the enemies come to hear that God, what? Is able to do. God hasn't got a problem doing. God hasn't got a problem with the turnaround. God hasn't got a problem to change circumstances and situations. That is his nature. He's able to do what? He's able to. Do. Oh, I don't hear you. He's able to. Do. He's able to do how? Do. Exceedingly Abound. abundantly Abound. above what? All. That's the God of the turnaround. When he turns things around, they don't remain the same. When he turns things around, he changes things around, things become exceedingly. In God's mindset, my nature is to do things exceedingly. I am the God of the exceedingly. I am the God of the abundantly. I am the God of the above all. You do what? You ask or think. That means that when you ask one thing, I can multiply it. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. And running over. That is me. That's my nature. My nature is that what you ask, I multiply it. My nature is what you think about. Even before you thought about it, I knew it. And if you can believe me, I will multiply what you think. So what are you thinking? Are you having a stinking thinking? What is occupying your mind? If you allow God's word to occupy your mind, if you take charge of what you think about, And you say, I want to think about What God thinks about me How God thinks about me God is saying that I will multiply what you think Exceedingly abundantly, Above Be careful Or be mindful of what you are thinking If the enemy can get you to think wrong You will get wrong If the enemy can get you to think pity You will get pity Because it's the very opposite of what God does. God says, exceedingly abundantly above. When you think pity, the enemy steps in. Exceedingly abundantly above. You think greatness, God makes it great. You think mediocrity, the enemy steps in. Mediocrity, that's where you go. According as you think, I will make big. As you believe me for, I will make it big. So, you got to take charge of what you are thinking and who is making you think what you think. You hold aside. Nobody's going to have to hinder me from thinking the way God wants me to think. I dare hold on to what God has said. I believe it because when I hold on to it, His nature is to make it exceedingly, abundantly, above. If we can think that this whole place can be filled in a season of a turnaround, God will make this place filled, how? Exceedingly, abundantly, above. But if you say, is it possible, is it going to, is it going to, Pastor Bob is saying thing, they are saying, no, look, If you jump into the God season, it's a season of thinking exceedingly, abundantly above. That is why in the season of a turnaround, there must be mindset changes. There must be shifts in the way we think. So that we'll think in line with what God has said. If God has said it, He will do it. If God has declared it, he will make it come to pass. So when you agree with what God is saying, that's the only time that God will step in and make it happen. He wants people to cooperate with him. I'm not done with that scripture yet. There's so much I'm, I'm here to pour it you, onto you. It says, exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. Look at what it says. According to the power that is on the inside of you. The degree to which you believe in the power that is at work on the inside of you is the degree to which you get exceedingly abundantly above. If you think that you, 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 get not, you don't have anything, God is saying that, listen, I have deposited in you power. And that dunamis has the potential To make good what I said, what you think, what you ask, the dunamis will make sure that it becomes a reality. So what is your problem? All I want you to do is believe and agree on what I have said. And once you can believe and agree to what I have said, I have deposited in you the ability for that to become a reality. God will never give you anything He has not made provision for. God will never promise you anything He's not made provision for already. He says, The Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the earth. Before you came on a scene, Jesus wasn't an afterthought, it was already a done deal. So when God says something to you, He's already made provision. And he's saying to the believer, there is a power that is at work on the inside of you. And if you begin to acknowledge that power, because sometimes we we, we, we are, we are looking for help outside, but the help ain't outside. The help is where? Inside. Something on the inside is working on the outside. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Somebody say, I got power. Or somebody say, I got power. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you have? Do you know what is sitting on the inside of you? God wants you to acknowledge what you have on the inside of you. The day you acknowledge, experiencing the holy spirit and you acknowledge the holy spirit on the inside whatever you ask and whatever you think it doesn't matter how poor you are it doesn't matter the neighborhood you come from it doesn't matter the family that gave birth to you what is important is that you got the power as the power of the holy spirit And the measure to which you acknowledge what God has put on the inside of you is the measure to which God begins to demonstrate His power in your life. There is the God dimension and there is the human dimension. The God dimension says, I have placed in you power. I have given you the Holy Spirit. And if you can focus and acknowledge his presence in your life, then there is nothing you ask, imagine, or think that shall become impossible. The church of Jesus Christ is loaded. We are powerful. We have no idea what we have. And we sit down and say, Lord, when are you going to come? Oh, no, 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 no. Put on a screen for me. Philemon chapter, I mean Philemon 1 and verse 6. Philemon 1 and verse 6. We're going to change our mindset. Somebody's living here this very morning, challenged and ready to take what belongs to them because this is your season of a turnaround. Your family must turn around. Your your, your, your business must turn around. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Look at Philemon, Philemon 1 and 6. It says that the sharing of your faith, and that translation said the communication of your faith, the sharing of your faith may become what? May become what? Or let's say it may become what? Effective. That's powerful. It, is, it comes by what? By acknowledgement of what? Every good thing which is in you, where? In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah somebody That the communication of your faith That for you to be a child of God And be confident that what God has said about you Will come to pass He says you must first acknowledge Acknowledge Every good thing which is in you In Christ So God doesn't put it outside of you He puts it on the inside of you So, what is on the inside must be declared outside. Hallelujah. The Bible says, if the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body, that same Spirit will quicken your mortal flesh. That means that if the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, you can look at sickness in the face. And you tell sickness, listen, I acknowledge what I have in Christ Jesus, You better find your way out. Whilst you are waiting for the committee of believers to come and pray and agree with you, you're going to fight some personal battles and say, I believe in what God has called me and I'm going to trust His Word. By the acknowledgement of every good thing, you walk around and say, I'm the righteousness of God. You walk around, look at your face in the mirror, I'm the righteousness of God. I, I am born of the king. Of, the Bible says I'm a chosen generation. I am chosen. I am royalty. I'm a, I'm a holy priesthood. I mean, you have to acknowledge what God has placed on the inside of you. Jesus. Are you with me, somebody? Are you with me, somebody? If you don't acknowledge what God has put in you, you limit what God can do in and through your life. And today I've come to tell somebody take the limit of God. Take the limit of God and go into his word and find out what he says about you and claim it. Jesus said that you shall say, if you have a faith, if you have faith like the master seed, you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed. It is what you have that you say. What you have is what you declare. You stand in front of the mirror. Take the word of God and declare who you are and whose you are. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for us. He's waiting for the church. Don't go looking for somebody. I need somebody to pray for me. I need, yeah, you need somebody to pray for you. But you first must acknowledge what you have. So that when a person comes to pray for you, there is an agreement. If two shall agree as touching anything they ask, they shall be done for them. But you cannot hang on to somebody's faith. You can hang on to somebody's faith. You have to believe what God has told you. And when a person comes and you agree with them, there comes a suddenly... We're in a season of a turnaround, And God is going to do what he says he will do. But do you believe in what you have on the inside? Do you believe what you have on the inside? Hallelujah, somebody. I said, hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. On the inside. On the inside. Let me shift a little bit, and let's look at a a story, a story in the Bible, case study. I'll use that one to wrap it up. Hallelujah. I like the way the place is quiet. Hallelujah. (laughs) You're ready for more? Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Let nobody tell you that you are nothing. Let nobody tell you that you need help from outside. God has wired you with power and with strength on the inside. And if you can tap what is on the inside, God will do exceedingly abundantly above to the degree to which you believe God. For him to turn things around is a degree to which he is going to move. If New Covenant can believe God, for an enlarged and expansion in this house and wherever we are, God will do it. He will do it. Believe in God for a turnaround in your marriage. Let me go into what I, I, the shift, what I want to shift into quickly. <clears throat> Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Let, let, let me move into it and then we should get some things from there and uh, we will be wrapping things up. <clears throat> I, I, I want to look at very quickly, um, the book of uh, Second Kings. We'll go back to Elisha. Elisha's story. And uh, Second Kings chapter four. Make a few points here, and then we would. Second Kings chapter four. I read from verse one. <clears throat> And follow. Maybe we'll just do um, the first three verses. Let's see how it goes. It says, and a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant fear the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Continue. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me. What do you have in your house? And she said, you got it? (laughs) And she said, (laughs) and she said, your main servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Continue, continue, you got it already That's why I say he preached my message Then he said Go borrow vessels from everywhere From all your neighbors Empty vessels Do not gather just what? A few Do not gather just a few Exceedingly abundantly above That's a God that we serve the prophetic word is coming. It says, "When you are going out to gather, the God you serve is a God of exceedingly abundantly above." So, don't gather few vessels. Limited mindset and limited mentality limits God. The servant of God, Bishop, as he sits here, Bishop, we know who you are. The compass is a testimony. Of that you don't think little, you think much, you think big, you think large and we are beneficiaries of what you and your wife and the leadership have brought this church because you gave an expansion of your thoughts and see what God has done. Put your hands together for the servant of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We could have been in a little church. We could have been in a little space somewhere. You needed somebody who could think outside the box. Empty vessels do not gather just a few. Continue. Let me finish the scripture because I think you all get a point. You get a point. So I just got to have to leave and go because you get a point. Let's go to verse, verse 4 and continue if only you have it. And when you have come in, you shall do what? shut the door behind you and your sons then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the four ones. Continue. Set aside the four ones. Oh, hallelujah. Continue. So when, so she went from him and shut the door behind her and the sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Let's finish it up. Let's finish it up. Oh, hallelujah. Now it came to pass that when the vessels were full and that she said, and that she said to uh, her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil did what? Ceased. Let's finish it up. You already knew that, story. Let's finish it up, verse 7. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go do what? Sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. You already got a story. You already got a story. You already got a story. But let me let, me, let me try, let me try, Pastor Bob, let, let me try and just knock it, I mean, summarize it or put it together. Now, this woman that we are talking about, you know, she had a real crisis in her life. She had a real crisis. She had about five different challenges. And when I read this, I saw the state of the church. It's an allegory that brings about a hidden meaning about the state of the church. That a widow represented the church. She had five different crises in her life. Crisis number one, she had an emotional distress. An emotional distress. She had lost the husband. She was grieving. She was in pain. Emotionally, she was not there. That's number one. And we have that in the church. Those who are grieving and those who are in pain and those who have lost loved ones and those who have lost property and those who have lost relationships. So there's a grief that this woman, this widow, a type of the church is grieving. It's grieving. It's in a state of grief and worry and anxiety. Doesn't know what to do. What next? Lost her husband. And the second thing that happened to this woman and not only did, he, did he, did she, not only did she lose a husband, she's also been made a single woman. She's gone back into singleness, being a widow. She's going to have to take care of the children. So let me go real quick on to the next. The second thing was that this woman had financial crisis. Debt to pay. Don't we have that? Debt to pay. She had debt. If the husband... When he was alive, couldn't pay the debt. What can she do? The breadwinner of the house is gone. The breadwinner of the house went to borrow money, and he's dead and gone. What can she do? So she had financial crisis. Don't we have? There are people who are listening to me right now. We do have financial crisis, apart from the fact that we are grieving. We also a financial crisis, and that was the state of this woman. Financial crisis. The third thing that this woman, this widow, had was the fact that she had what I call domestic nightmare. She had a domestic nightmare. In a domestic nightmare. The creditors are coming to take away her two sons. The creditors. And if you've dealt with creditors, you know what I'm talking about. Oh my goodness. They come after you. They come after the banks. We will come after you. If your your, your mortgage has been put on foreclosure, you know what I'm talking about. Domestic nightmare. The only children who are surviving children who I can hold on to are also having, they've been mortgaged. They've been mortgaged. My children have been mortgaged. Giving your children for collateral as a security. And the creditors are coming to take the children were mortgage. who were the collateral away. That was the third one, right? That's the third one, right? I'll be finishing very soon. Don't worry. The next thing that she had, which was a crisis, Bishop, was a social stigma. Social stigma. That for the community to know that she owes, that a husband couldn't pay. And wherever she goes, and people are looking at her and say, oh, that goes the woman, oh. Can you imagine when you're in church and you owe somebody and, you know, you sh- the person shows up. If you are sitting here, the Holy Spirit will lead you to go to another location. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. This woman is walking through town and the social stigma. And that's the condition of the church. There are people who are walking in shame. Because of what they carry. They are dressed nice, they are looking good, but you have no idea what they are going through. You have no idea what they are dealing with. You have no idea what shame they have to grapple with. And that's a church. That's the people of God. That's the fourth one. And the fifth one, was well, this woman was dealing with spiritual disappointment. God, my husband, Served you In your ministry Faithfully served you Now look at me Why me? Why should it happen to me? Five things that this woman experienced And so she comes to Elisha and says This is my condition I've lost my mind I'm dealing with depression and anxiety, hope. I am dealing with financial crisis. I'm dealing with domestic situation. I'm dealing with shame. I'm dealing with a crisis with God. God, what did I do wrong? I have given to the work, the work of God. I've committed to the work of God. What did I do wrong, God? Church, what did I do? Where is the church? The church must come to my rescue. She had a crisis of faith. It's said, the Lord, what do I do? Came to Elisha, expecting Elisha, you know what? Normally you go to the prophet, you expect the prophet to either lay hands. Oh, I'm going to see the prophet. I need a prophet to come into my, I need a prophet. Hey, you don't need no prophet. The prophets are good. They have their place. The prophet is going to declare the word of the Lord. Wanted the prophet to lay hands. It wasn't a hands laid. No, it's not going to happen. She she expected the prophet to maybe become, you know, uh, to go and talk to the creditors, so that you know they can forgive her of the debt. But the prophet didn't do that. The next thing the prophet they was expecting was, you know, maybe the prophet is going to call the name of the Lord, or the prophet is going to maybe maybe give him give her a handout, because. The school of the prophets may have some offering in there so that they can, you know, help her pay her debt from the coffers of the church. Elisha didn't do anything of that. I'm about about wrapping it up. Elisha didn't do anything of that. Elisha asked a question, and this is a question you covenant in a season of turnaround. We need to ask ourselves. Elisha asked the question, what do you have? Hallelujah somebody It says what do you have God will always Refer back to what He has placed on the inside Of you because what you have On the inside of you is what he will Use to bring out exceedingly abundantly, above If there is nothing In there there is nothing coming out You're going to put something in there You're going to believe that God has placed something in there And what is in there is what Will come out You can go to the north, you can go to the south, you can go to the east, and you can be looking for help. Help ain't coming from nowhere. Help in Jesus Christ is on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a church that is full of people who know their God-given rights and who know what is on the inside of them and who begins to declare the word of the Lord, that, Lord, what is on my inside? I am believing you for a turnaround. around and God is saying, I got my son, I got my daughter, I got somebody who believes in me. I have my party. Jesus. He says, what do you have? And she acknowledged what she had. Somebody would have said, I don't know what I have. And hey, prophet, I ain't got nothing. I ain't got. He says, you got something. He says, I know what you got. He says, I got something. The prophet knew that she had something. So he asked him, what do you have? Ask somebody sitting by you. Ask somebody by you. Ask them, what do you have? Oh, I asked them by Ask them, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? If you got born again just today If you got born again just 5 minutes ago Instantly you have something You have power You have power He says I have oil In my house Elijah says that's all you need all you need for your turnaround is nothing but oil. Once you get the oil, you got the resources for your next level. If you can focus on the oil, you will see my power. You will see a miracle. Your five conditions will change because of the oil. Your five conditions will change because you acknowledge the oil. No more crying, weeping, man, dear for a night. When the time comes for you to weep, weep. That's okay. Weeping, man, dear for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Why? Because of the oil. Yes, devil. You got me on this one. Yes, devil, you hit me this way. Yes, devil, you attack my mind. But guess what? I'm coming back. Why? Because I got the oil. And I'm going to stir the oil on the inside of me. Timothy, stir up the gift on the inside of you. Timothy, stir up the gift on the inside of you. The gift is on the inside. You got to stir it up. Stir it up. The gift is on the inside. The gift is on the inside. The power is on the inside. The ability is on the inside. The potential is on the inside. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. You are more than who you think you are. You are more than who you think you are. It ain't about your gender, whether you are male or female, whether you are black or white. What is important is that there is oil on the inside of you and you got to stir it up. What God will give to the white man, what God will give to the black man. God is no respecter of persons. He's looking for those who can believe him and stir up the gift. New covenant, stir it up. Turn to someone and tell him, I oh stir yeah, stare it up. Turn to someone and tell him, stare up the gift. Stare up the potential. Stare up the ability. Stare up the what you have. Stare it up. 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 Mahakatapakaya. You got to stare it up. You got to stare it up. It's on the inside. Ha <laughs> ha It's on the inside. Stir it up. Yeah, you can stand to your feet, you can stand to your feet as I wrap it up. You can stand to your feet as I wrap it up. Stir it up. First of and he said to her, fill, go borrow empty vessels. Not a few. Gather a lot. And when you gather those empty vessels, bring them home. Fill them up and go sell them. The empty vessels you already hear are the vessel of God and you have the oil on the inside of you. And what God is saying to New Covenant, go borrow vessels. There are those who are outside there who are empty of the power of God. And God is saying to New Covenant, it's time to go out. Go out and borrow vessels in your neighborhood, in your families. And when you go, bring them into the house of God and then fill them up with the oil. And when they get the oil on the inside, go sell them take them out and they will go and multiply themselves you are blessed you are blessed beyond a curse nobody can curse whom God has blessed curse and blessings cannot stay together if somebody says you are cursed, look them in the face and tell them I am blessed. Why? Because i have the oil on the inside, and I'll stir it up. And when you stir it up, Bible says whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Not only did He give you the power, but He also says I'll confirm with signs and wonders following if you can agree with God this very morning and acknowledge what God has placed on the inside of you the oil then you can go borrow vessels wherever you go and you pour yourself out into there will be a turnaround. around there will be a turnaround. lift up your two hands to the Lord somebody lift up your two hands to the Lord right now and talk to God Experiencing the Holy Spirit is what we have here, that we have so boldly on the, on the wall. I want you to. Talk to God and say, Lord, from today, I agree with you. From today, I covenant with you. If you are watching me online, if you are watching me online, I have come to tell you that God is up to doing something with you. And the oil on the inside, the gift, the ability on the inside, stir it up. Talk to God, somebody. Let God acknowledge what God has placed in you. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Whatever God has given to you. Whatever God has placed in you. The abilities of God in you. it up this very morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you are in Christ. Bible says acknowledge every good thing in you. In Christ. And when you stare it up. You have hope. For your situation. The hope. Is in the Holy Ghost. The hope. Is it Jesus Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if it's possible. You saying said, the Pastor, you spoke about this oil that is only given to believers. I'm not a child of God. I don't know whether I'm born again. I'm a, I'm a believer. I don't know. I'm not too sure. Pastor, pray with me that Jesus will come into my life that oil, I can also acknowledge it. Turn away from my, my sins and accept Him as my Lord and Savior. If you're hearing my voice and you want to give your life to Jesus so that He will transform you and bring about that oil, the Holy Spirit, so you can exceedingly abundantly above see the goodness of God and take you out from hell into heaven. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. That Jesus will come into my life. If you help you are here like that, I want you to raise your right hand so I can see. You've not made a commitment to Jesus. You want to say, Pastor Fred, I want Jesus to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. I want you to just raise your hand in case we miss you. Just raise that right hand and I can see and then call. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Looks like we have all saints here. Those online, I want you to text decision to 215 440 6610. Text your decision to this, and we'll reach out to you and minister to you in Jesus' name. And somebody shout a big amen. Somebody shout a big amen. If you believe that you are stirring it up, put your hands together and give the Lord a not do it well. You did not do it well. You did not do it well. You did not do it well. One minute. One minute. You acknowledge everything that is in the word of God. When you acknowledge it, it will come to pass. The Bible says, clap your hands. All you people shout on the goal with a voice of victory. If you believe that you are victorious, then you are going to clap your hands and shout unto God with the voice of victory. Can you put your hands together and give the Lord a mighty shout? Another shout! Yes! Says, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, God has ordained power to silence the enemy and the avenger. The enemy and the avenger is silenced when you declare your victory. Hallelujah! Put your hands together one more time and declare your victory in Christ Jesus.
0: is an earthen vessel filled with heavenly treasures so that the excellency of the power may be of him and not of us. In a great house, there are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor, but every one of them carries oil And in that same verse, Paul, in Corinthians, Paul said, we're trouble on every side. And he talks about being crushed, sis. Here's one thing I know. You cannot get oil from an olive without crushing it. So even when we're crushed, oil is released. So we're not in despair because oil is being produced. And I want you to do some homework. When you get a moment, some of you right now, I want you to put in your browser the benefits of olive oil because that's the oil they had. The things that oil. There's so many things that are in us that we don't think about and there are benefits beyond dietary. Oil. And oil is a spiritual metaphor for the spirit of God that flows in us. We thank God for the man of God. And now we're going to prepare to worship the Lord with our tithes and our offerings. The ushers are going to come forward. We give cheerfully because God loves a cheerful giver. And he loves those who desire to give, but doesn't have it. God doesn't require anything from us that we don't have. He loves us all. And so the white basket is for our speaker. The blue one is for our capital campaign. The silver is a love offering for our founders. And then the gold is for tithes. Stand with me. Let's stand together and pray. Bless the offering. And then I'm gonna pray the benediction to release you so that those who wanna participate in the women's um, conference and or the prayer walk, registration is outside. Those who wanna support uh, Jeremy Noel, you can do that as well. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for every gift and for every giver. We acknowledge that you are the God who gives bread to the eater and seed to the sower. Multiply our seed for sowing. We thank you as we are, as we stand here as earthen vessels, that you fill us with oil, May we gather vessels, not a few, and pour into them. The purpose of gathering vessels into your house is to pour into them. May they not be discouraged. May they never be looked down upon. May they never be ostracized or marginalized, but may they be poured into For the oil does not cease as long as there is another vessel. As long as there are vessels, the oil flows. May we be anointed with fresh oil in this house. Fresh oil. We declare that we shall be anointed with fresh oil. And so do what only you can do. And as after we've given after we fellowship with one another and as we leave this place but never your presence go before us minister to your people that we might impart hope to others that we might pour oil into others do it and it shall be done we honor you we love you we reverence you